welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with... Jeff Rappaport. And today is uh, part three of our, uh, of our series of um, creating offers step-by-step. Um, and this started when I got a lead... Uh, I got a lead from a, a landlord who owns three properties. Uh, one's a duplex, two, the other two are single family homes. And uh, so I came up with some cash offers on them. And then um, I wanted to also send him some creative financing offers. And so I consulted with Jeff and uh, I thought this would be a good uh, podcast episode for me to present this um, to Jeff. And then we you know, walk through uh, the process step by step together to create these offers. And I've learned so much by doing this, um, uh, just to even, you know, to get your mind thinking about how you should be thinking about it, um, is, is kind of been, uh, a big thing for me in this process. Um, so our last episode or last two episodes, we talked about a duplex and then a single family home. And, uh, this property is another single family home. And, um, I'll give you the details on that. So it's a, uh, it's about 1750 square feet, uh, built in 1946. It's a three bed, one bath again. Um, this one, I think the basement could be finished out on it. Uh, I believe the owner said that the basement wasn't finished. Um, so it could potentially be a four bed, two bath maybe. Uh, anyway, this one uh, is a little more hammered. Um, the rent is, he rents it out for 700 a month. Okay. Uh, and, and that's, I think that's, that's pretty low. Um, but I think it's because he, you know, it's just the property needs more work. Yep. Um, now on this one, it is free and clear. So he does not have a mortgage on it. Uh, so that kind of opens the door wide up for some creative financing. Sure. Um, I believe the ARV is 210. And uh, the median rent is 1100 okay? If I was to buy it and rehab it, I estimate the repairs to be $30,000 uh, with finishing out the basement. Um, so my cash offer was $130,000. Uh, I, I would want to wholesale this if I got it. Um, and uh, I think, again, I, for my, my wholesale fee, I, or my, for my cash offer, I just uh, took uh, $210,000 and I times that by 0.75. And then I minused uh, that one or that thirty thousand, but that actually put me at one twenty-seven five. So I just added, you know, I think I could wholesale it for at least fifteen on top of that okay. one thirty. All uh, right. So you want to dive right in? Yeah, let's do it. So cash offer, 
uh, my cash offer was 130. We could also create another short-term Correct. cash offer, um, and this one's pretty close to the last property we'd talk about. I mean, we could you know bump that up to 136 or 35-ish, yeah, yeah, somewhere in there, and do you know six months and just give him you know his current. Could payment. you even bump it up a little bit more and not offer any payment? Absolutely. You could, yeah, right? No payment for six yeah. months. That's a good idea. But you could offer him like 137.5 or something, but no payment. How about 138, no payment? Yep. So now there's a bigger difference between the cash offer and the short term financing offer. Yeah. Or you could offer him a little less and yep, $1,000 principal only payment. Yeah. Or an $800 principal only payment, you know, which is better than what he's getting right now. Yeah. So either way, it just depends on what you're trying to, to do. I think your buyer, if you're wholesaling it, would like it either way. Yeah. This isn't a high-end property. It's not like they've got to write a check for thousands of dollars each month. Right. And if they are writing a check each month, might as well be going toward principal. Yeah. Okay, so with this, what would you do, Jeff? If you were like, what offer would you want to get accepted if you if you could choose one, um, where you would make the most money as a wholesaler? Uh, you mean between the cash and the short term financing? No, no, no. Oh. Well, any offer we're going to make here. Okay. So, so we got those two cash offers, but uh, let's 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 get a little more creative. Well, let, let's let's talk about what could be done with this property. So. Uh, it's a single family home. First of all, I'm not finishing the basement. So uh, if a rehabber wants to go do that, and that would bump the, the price up to, you know, maybe the ARV would be worth, you know, 250. Mm-hmm. Well, that might make some sense, but uh, that's not typically what I would be looking for. So right. I don't want to do that. Okay. Um, so the real question is, is, is this much of a rental? Um, just looking at numbers, my guess is no. And here's why. So when I'm looking at the the ARV of 210 and the, the best rent that we're hoping to get is about 11. Right. There's too much of a spread there. So we can't be anywhere near 210 because um, the numbers just won't work. So... We might have to be, if our cash price is 130 and our financing is, let's say, 136-ish, maybe we could be around 150. So, do we have any idea, uh, the three-bedroom, one-bath portion of this house, I, I assume just needs some updating? Is that mm-hmm. what you've got? Yeah. Okay. So... Really what we have to try to figure out is what could be done with this house. So is there another person that we could potentially sell this to that it would make sense for us? And so one would be, is it potentially an owner-occupant house? Maybe, could be. Um, Would it be a buy-and-hold investor? Mm, If you bought a house around 150... And, yep, uh, this one at least is better in that there's nothing owed, so, but 
he's used to getting $700 a month rent. Do you have any idea what the taxes are on this house? I don't. Probably. Probably about the same as the last one yeah, we talked about. Yeah, maybe 100 Yeah. Okay, so 100 in taxes. Yeah, 40. 50, 40 in insurance. Yeah. Plus, what, you know, 60, let's say, in water, sewer, garbage, something like that. Yeah. So 200 bucks. So he, yeah. he's netting 500 bucks from this house. Right. So, um, could we figure out a way to get him more money than he's getting right now? I don't think so. It'd be hard the, be, between the... To, to net more than 500 bucks? Well, I mean, if we were to try to wholesale this to another, to an end buyer who's going to hold it as a rental. Well, um, let, let's think about a few things here. So let's, just because it's free and clear, let's think about a subordination, okay? Okay. All right. So... Um, now we can't come in at you know a top price, but we want it to be more than our cash and our short-term financing for sure. Right. So let's say like a hundred and fifty thousand. Now, do we we have no underlying debt? So do we have to come up with a really big number here? No. Mm-mm. So what if we did? $40,000. Okay? That's not a very big number. Right. We could borrow this money for probably $300 or less per month. Probably more like 250, 260. So, at 8%, it would be $266 if we borrowed 8% private money. Okay? Okay. Then could we also offer him, let's say another $450. I mean, that's about... What he's getting now. Yeah. That yeah. gross is what he's getting now. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's probably netting 500 He'd be getting 450 but he got $40,000 up front. Yeah. Okay. okay. 450 So now we have a property that could potentially be wholesaled that's... You know, still considerably, I mean, if the ARV is 210 and we want to wholesale it, um, could we wholesale it to a buy and hold person that, um, you know, what again would they have to come with out of their own pocket? Uh, just our wholesale yeah, fee. Yeah, your fee. Yeah. So, um, but let's look at some numbers. So let's say they don't finish the basement. Okay. okay. So let's say that they spend 20 grand. Okay. And work. So really what they're doing is coming with 40, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to make 20. So we have a $700 a month. Um, so maybe we don't offer him that much because we also have that expense of another 200 Right? Yep. 650 7900 Yeah, that's only going to leave us $200. Um in cash flow. Yeah. This so one's going to be tight. Not a very good deal there. Then. No, it really isn't. As um, a buy and hold. Yeah, just because the, the rent isn't enough. So maybe you'd have to look at what could it rent for if you finished the basement. Um, if you could get a four-bedroom, two-bath. 
Maybe Probably it's thirteen hundred. You think that's all? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, if it's not, you know, fifteen plus, um, it probably isn't worth it. Yeah, for the so, area, I wouldn't think so. I would think maybe four bed you can get thirteen hundred for. So, but one of the things that we're trying to do is is figure out what our exit strategy is going to be. Yeah. So we know that we can come in and offer something for a rehabber. Mm-hmm. But we may not be able to offer something for, for buy and hold. Yeah, yeah, just because. Um, but my guess is that we could probably still. So he's making five hundred dollars a month. Um, so what if we offered him this? Hundred and. Four hundred a month times twelve. It is just a tight deal, but I'll, I'll give you something that we can offer. Okay. Okay. So, um, what we're willing to do is we'll pay him a hundred and fifty thousand. purchase price yep okay we're gonna pay him five hundred dollars a month principal only five hundred a month principal only okay for at least five years okay five years so let's really talk quickly about principal-only payments. So there's nothing illegal about them, but here's what you should know about it. That if the seller was to get audited by the IRS, the IRS would not say would not really allow this to be principal-only. And the IRS's viewpoint, no one would take principal-only payments. Okay. So they're going to put an interest rate to this and it's what's called the lowest federal interest rate that and it varies depending on where interest rates are yeah so there could be kind of like a penalty for the seller how often does it happen almost never but it's something that you should know so I don't make principal only payments a whole lot um, and if I do they're on smaller amounts typically but I don't know, I don't really see a whole lot that we can do with this. This almost seems like it would be best as a rehab and not really as a buy and hold. But we're trying to be creative here. So right. I just wanted to discuss that. It's not like there's anything wrong with doing it, but it could come back on the seller in terms of could have a negative consequence. Would they get in trouble? No. They'll just may have to pay additional tax as if they were receiving interest when they're really not. Right. Okay. So here's what I would do is I would offer them about 150. That's yep, $14,000 more than our short-term financing. This is going to go out longer. So yep, is it worth it to them to stay in this for an additional 14,000 for the next five years? 
I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's only getting five hundred dollars a month, but that's what he's getting right now. Right. Um, so really, the the return on investment for a new uh, investor for the new buyer. So they'd probably have to go put twenty grand into this, and yeah. I'm not talking about doing the basement. I'm talking about yeah. updating the the upstairs. Yeah. Yep. And maybe it's ten, maybe it's fifteen, but yeah, let, let's take fifteen twenty. And maybe you're only going to make fifteen on this one. So let, let's say that someone's going to be out of pocket thirty, thirty-five thousand. Okay. So let's take thirty thousand. Well, first of all, let's take $500 a month payment, $200 in expenses with an $1,100 a month rent. Okay. Okay. So someone will be into it. They'll make about $400 a month, $4,800 for the year. Okay. Divided by, let's say, 35000 That's a 14% return on investment. That's worth it. Plus... A five hundred dollar a month principal pay down every month for the next five years. Yeah. Plus fifty to sixty thousand dollars in equity minus your wholesale fee. Right. That works. Okay. Okay. So actually you could probably even bump the price up a few thousand dollars. Okay, so one fifty K purchase price, we're gonna give the seller five hundred dollars a month principal only yeah. for five years. Yep. Okay. And you could, like I said, you could even bump the price up by three, four thousand dollars. Yeah. Because now it's, it's a deal. Yeah. Even though the return on investment, let's say, is, you know, let's say they even had to come with 40. And let's say that they're only bringing in 350, okay, a month. 350 times 12 is 4,200 divided by 40,000. That's 11, okay? Mm -hmm. not, not terrible, not super good. Right. However, how much equity do you have in this property? A lot. And, how much, and you get to rent it for the next five years, make your 11% or 10% or 8% even return on investment. Over the five years, is this house probably going to appreciate a little bit? I would think so. And it's going to pay down by... Um, thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, um, it's a deal. Yeah. yeah, this someone would buy this. Right. Okay. Cool. But here's the issue with this particular property: is that with the amount of work that it needs, and the where the rents can get to, there's just not that. We have to take into account if we're wholesaling. Okay. That we have to take into account what what will make the buyer want to buy this. Yeah. So if if we even offered the seller seven hundred dollars a month, there's no room. Right. There's two hundred dollars at least in expenses. The most we're hoping to get to is eleven, and that means that we got to go put in fifteen twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Plus a down payment. Right. There's the, the numbers aren't there. Yeah. But if you think about, and I'm always trying to figure out what the seller is getting about $500 a month, somewhere in that range. And maybe this seller doesn't keep up with repairs as well as maybe he should. But, 
you know, if a furnace breaks or water heater goes out, most likely he's had to deal with it. Yeah. So here he could get still the same amount. It sounds like these are becoming more of headaches than than anything else because the cash flow is not a lot. I mean, he's got three properties. This is his best cash flow one. Uh, he's making $500 a month. Um, yeah. His tenants have been there. They've probably hammered the place. He hasn't done anything to improve them. He's getting you know nowhere near market rate rents. And so what if we just offered him some money up front? So did we talk about how much money we would offer him up front? Uh, no. I don't think we did. Uh-uh. So if we had to put in... So we're we're thinking we're gonna put in fifteen grand. Um, we want to make fifteen grand. That's thirty. So I think we'd want to start around seventy five hundred dollars. Okay. And I think we could go as high as ten because that would put us at forty. Yeah. Or our buyer at forty. Okay. And if he was then they would be around that 11% return on investment. But there's just too much equity and too good of terms. Yeah. To, yeah. Okay. Um, what about looking at it for uh, an owner-occupant? Um, like if we could offer the seller, um, you know, 4 or 5% on his money right now, and then um, we could sell it to an owner-occupant uh, and get enough money down so it just covers our, maybe puts a little money in our pocket and covers our rehab expense. Would that be worth it if we looked at it in that I don't think so. And to, to an owner-occupant? Yeah, so I think you're going to run into the same issue is that I don't know... Let, let, let's look at this for a second. Let's say that you could sell this property for two ten. Okay. okay. The same that it's that you're thinking the ARV is. Yeah. And we're gonna get someone to come with ten percent down. Yeah. So it's twenty one. They're going to um, finance a hundred and ninety thousand. Okay. At let's say let's look at you know a higher rate of interest. So five and a half, even six. Let's see where five and a half puts us. That's a thousand seventy eight. Okay, let's say six percent. That's one thousand one hundred and thirty nine dollars. So that's really where I mean, that's the top part of where we're going to be. Okay, yeah. that, that that's not going to change. We're still got to pay him a monthly payment of something. So yeah. I don't <clears throat> think we can really go below five hundred dollars. We're still going to pay our taxes and insurance and whatever. So um, there is a chance that we could make $400, $439 a month. But one, I don't want to go in thinking I'm going to get the high interest rate from someone. Second, I don't want to go in and fix this property, have my money into it through the rehab, yeah. my money into it through the down payment, and then hoping that, so right there, just right there, if, if we offered him 7,500 and we had to put 15 to 20 grand into this house, we're into it for 22 to 25,000. 
this house is worth 200 to 10. I want to go in knowing that, hey, if I got 10% down, I'm in it with no money. I, and to be honest, I want to be making money at that. So yeah. I would go into this thinking, hey, we could find a buyer at twenty dollars to $25,000 down. If I'm not making money at that, but this is too much of a headache for me. Absolutely. So, okay. Um, the best case scenario would be is that we break about even or even have a little bit of money in this property. Okay. And we're making a three to four hundred dollar a month cash flow a month. That's not bad. That I mean, I think a lot of people would be thrilled. No loan. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, no money or very little money into it and a good cash flow and, you know, potentially for however many years and depending on how you structured it, you, you might even get, you know, principal paid out. Uh -huh. But why, first of all, not a lot of investors, wholesale buyers or more, you know, buyers that would be buying from us understand how to go sell on terms yeah to especially to owner occupants right. totally different yeah kind of scenario yeah you're right so if this house didn't need twenty thousand dollars in work let's just say it was in good shape um not excellent good okay so you know maybe it's a little dated but you know Minimal amount that you'd have to do to just clean it up. You know, maybe a little paint and, you know, clean the carpet kind of stuff. Okay. And it's still worth 210 Yeah. We could come in and offer this seller, you know, 185 for the property. 180 somewhere in there at, let's just bear with me and we'll, we'll run through a quick scenario here. Okay. okay? So if we really think the property is worth 210 we can sell it for 210 if it's in a reasonably decent condition. Not like if we were going to put it on the MLS where you know, we've got to go put in new countertops, new cabinets, we've got to update everything. We don't have to be in that same realm. But it's still, I mean, someone's got to want to live there. Uh, you know, it can't be a dump. Right. So if it was in that kind of condition... And it's free and clear. So we could literally go and offer this seller, let, let's say 180, okay? 180,000, let's say at 4.5% interest, amortized over 30 years. Um, I believe that's $912 a month. Um, that's better than what he's getting right now. Yeah. And this would be net to him. This is not. He'd be getting an extra four hundred dollars a month cash flow. Uh -huh. Okay, plus nine twelve. You're paying the taxes. You're paying the insurance. Okay. So now what we would do, and yep, we could if this house was in excellent shape, we could offer him two ten if that were the case. And again, at four to four and a half, even five percent interest. I don't know that I would really push it a whole lot more, maybe five and a quarter, just because I don't want to get too crazy in terms of right now, interest rates are about 4.75-ish, somewhere in that range. So as long as we're in that range, we're okay. The nicer this house is, the better the location that this house is, 
the easier we'll have to be able to sell it. Yeah. And I, we can offer him retail. Uh, yeah. We could. If we're offering him retail, we're not staying in it. We're going to just wholesale it. Yeah. And when I say wholesale it, it's going to come down to the down payment. So, hey, we'll pay you 180. We're going to give you 10 grand down. We expect, how much do we expect to try to get as far as a down? 20. 15 to 20. 20 to 25, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. asking th- that would be the difference between what he gets and the balance would be what we get. So, if we're willing to do it for like 10, 12, 13,000, there's a deal there. Yeah. We could do it with, you know, a lower price, lower payment right now because it needs a bunch of work. If it were nicer, we could actually up our price. We could even come in at two, two oh five. I mean, we I can tell you us personally, we've made um, a couple of offers that you know we're pending right now where um, you know we paid them what they were asking. I, the, sometimes even a little bit more. At four, four and a half percent. And a three-year to five-year balloon. Uh-huh. And what we'll do is we'll go find the, an owner-occupant that wants to live in the property, and we'll just offer it to them either for the exact terms that we have, 4.5%. The only thing that we have to be careful is we want to negotiate that down payment because, again, I'm planning on getting 10%-ish. Yeah. If... The seller wants 10%. That's not leaving us much room. Right. On a $300,000 home, I can offer, I'm happy to offer them 15 grand. If they want 20, I might be willing to do that. If they want 25, I'm probably, that's probably a deal breaker for me. Yeah. Okay. But I could then go wholesale it. I'm just going to up the price and I'm going to up the down payment from what I got with the seller. I'm going to put the two of them together, and I'm going to get paid the fee. Yeah, the difference. On this one, I see this more as a fixer-upper. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think this is like someone's ready to move in as soon as this tenant moves out. Yeah. And yeah. If I'm wrong about that, we could certainly discuss it. But I don't. I, I'm getting that from the other properties that we've already talked about. They're all kind of in the same situation. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, and I'm glad we're able to look at it from all these angles. Um, because you really have to do this if you are if you want to use these strategies, right? You have to... Well, there's plenty of investors scenario. that don't want to deal with owner-occupants. So <laughs> th- th- that's the first part. Because it's a different type of marketing yeah, to find them. Very true. Yeah, uh, when you're dealing as a wholesaler and you have a buyer's list, then you send it out to your buyer's list. So hopefully someone calls you back and says, yep. I want it, and you're done. Yeah. Finding the owner occupants is first of all, owner occupant people that are looking for owner financing to get into houses probably last for about thirty to sixty days tops, and then they're gone. So yeah. you have to keep. You either have to find them something, or you got to find new ones constantly. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Cool. So, I mean, if the house was just worth more or in better condition, it might work that way. If it would rent for more. And that really, too, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, cool. 
So I think you still have three offers to present him on this. Yeah, the cash, the short term, and then... um, Principal only payment. Yeah, the principal only payment at 154K purchase price, 7 to 10 down. Yep. Okay. $500 a month. Principal only for five yep. years. Yep, I got it. And I've been. Uh, and now you have offers for all three. I do. Multiple. Yep. Um, and a little different. You had one that had subordination. You have two that have cash and short term. Uh, probably all three. I don't remember. Um, you, you certainly have a cash offer on all three. Yeah, cash offer, short term cash offer on all three or short term. And we did come up with a more traditional finance offer on that first one yeah so um and then you have the subordination example two didn't have a lot that we could do with um and example three at least you were able to offer them a higher price with uh and they don't all fit perfectly i mean this is a free and clear house we could probably figure out some other ways to to do some stuff so um you know, really based on his needs. I mean, think about this for a second. What if he told you on this property, the one we're talking about, he needs $100,000 and he needs it now. And if we can't figure out a way to get him a hundred grand, it's not going to work. Subordination. Well, it could be, but is that where we want to be? No. I mean, it would be like 50% loan to value. Yeah. So what if we said, how about this? Go take out a HELOC, a home equity yeah. line, or go refinance the property and pull out a hundred grand. Yeah. Then we'll wrap it. So we'll we'll create some financing around the existing financing. Now do we have to come up with the hundred grand? Nope. But he got the hundred grand. Yeah. So we'll and figure we just, out and we just take over that debt. Yeah. So yeah. we'll figure out how to finance around that existing debt. We'll create a wrap. Yeah. And um, and we'll work that way. Yeah. So th- there's some different, when it's free and clear, you have so many different options available to you. But we, we have to narrow it down, and I like to do it very quickly. And the first thing is, is what kind of house would this be? Who's my potential buyer? buyer. Right. Yep. yep. And that's the, that's the best starting point. Okay. Well, cool. Thanks so much, Jeff, for that. Yep. Um, that's, that's really helpful to me once again, um, to walk through the process. Um, and I hope it's helpful for our audience out there. To, I hope, so hope too. Hopefully they're doing the same thing. Yep. Um, and it, again, if you guys, uh, this is part three, if you guys haven't listened to the last ep- two episodes, um, go through and do that. Uh, I think it's 34 and 35. Um, so uh, it, it, you guys need to, if, if you're looking to do the same thing, Again, you need to walk through this process the same way as we have here if you're looking to make some creative financing offers. And, you know, doing stuff like this, Jeff, we're, we're at least getting ahead of the competition. If, if the competition is just offering, you know, the 130 on this and we can offer the 138, you know, um, for six months, well, guess what? We just beat that oh, guy. 50. Yeah. I mean, if purchase price is the... If price is the motivating factor for this seller, I mean, you win. Yeah. Um, If being able to pay cash is the motivating factor, you win. Yeah. So um, it's really about 
figuring out different ways that you can provide the seller with what they want. Now, in this case, you don't know what he wants. He wasn't forthcoming about that. Right. This should give you a much better idea. So he will do one of three things, most likely, accept one of these offers, decline all three of the offers, but potentially give you some feedback, or give you a counter based on the three offers. Right. So actually, all three, as long as the feedback comes with declining all three, gives you some direction, allows the conversation to continue, negotiations to continue, which if you just put out a cash offer and it was not in the, the area, the range that he wanted to be in, it's like, no thanks, bye. Yeah, it'd just be an insult. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, the whole idea of this is so that you can get more deals under contract or do more deals. Yeah. And you do that by creating some or structuring some more creative offers like this. And every time I think, in, you know, with what you do, Jeff, every time you get, you at least get some feedback. We try right? to for sure. Um, and what we've learned is that when we're not getting the feedback, it's probably because it just wasn't explained well enough to begin with. Because sometimes people come back and say, well, I have a loan on it. This won't work. Well, yes, it will. If you, we, we need to explain how it will so you understand how it will work. I can tell you we made an offer yesterday and we'll probably get it accepted today. And we made a cash offer. It was low. Okay. This is someone that was offering, wanted two eighty-seven for a condo. Said they would, for cash would take two seventy-seven. Uh-huh. I don't really deal a lot in condos, but I was intrigued by this one because it's a four-bedroom, three-bath condo, and um, newer, and it's actually bigger than any of the comps that that I could find. So I'm like, huh, okay. So and going through a divorce. Okay. So sometimes it's hard to structure creative financing around a condo because of the HOA fees. Right. So difficult to do that. So I only came up with two offers. Um, one was cash, two thirteen. Okay. Second one was two twenty one, two twenty two, short term financing. Okay. Just like we just did. Yeah. Okay. He came back and he's like, I, I, I want the 222, but I want you to come up to 230. And we came up to 225. Okay. But really, he doesn't want the short-term financing. His ex-wife wants out of this, wants away from him, wants off the loan. Uh-huh. So now they've reverted back just because we got talking, negotiating... Now it's the cash offer, and yeah, we made the cash offer two sixteen something. I think we just got it. Yeah. So um, when do you think if we only made one offer to him when he was asking two eighty seven, willing to take two seventy seven at two thirteen or, or whatever it was that I mean he would even have anything to do with us no that would end the conversation yeah it really would so <laughs> yeah um and i'll next episode i'll show you what we did on a deal that just freed up a whole bunch of money for us um 
uh, people will like this one. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate your ear. Pass this on. Um, you guys can reach us at www.thecreativefinancingpodcast.com um, or on our hotline. That's 877 877- 409-8090 again 877-409-8090 uh, and until next time create some terms thanks for listening to the creative financing podcast we need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing so please subscribe rate and review this show on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts we greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on until next time create some terms This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.